Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say, one thing but then the next day. It's different, they change, but they don't know what they want. All they do is change, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going left, going right, travel day, travel night. That's where we'll go. No excuses, no goodbyes, no one cries, no more lies. We'll never know. It, it. Welcome, everybody, to a live Bucks in the Basement show. If, if you saw the other one, this is take two. I uh, lost the internet connection, which usually happens on uh, these live shows. But uh, this will be like the, our second opening day. I don't know if we did the home opener, but we definitely did do an opening day. My brother from another mother, Gary Morgan, my, my co-editor over at uh, Inside the Bucks Basement. He's also... Uh, co-host of the Pirates Fan Forum over there with Jim Stamm at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, and we are here at Allegheny City Brewing. Uh, Mitch Keller was here yesterday debuting a Keller beer uh, that they had made for him. Great time. So coming back down here just to kind of talk about this opening day. And I, I've got my Yins hat on, but I've also got the 412 because, you know, you're saying the blackout 412. And one thing that I love about this city and I love about these teams is when they always say you don't just play the team, you play the city. Yeah. I think that's fair, man. It's true. And right now, hey, the Pirates are like poised to kind of help carry the banner a little bit this year. I think they're up they're in for I think a little bit more of an entertaining summer than we've had for a long time. Yeah, I mean that's Here's the thing is I, I heard somebody say, and I, I don't know where it was at. I would get credit if I could. But I remember somebody saying, okay, if this was like a one in five team, or if you had, you know, maybe beaten the Reds, but then got swept out of Boston, you know, would this have the same feeling to it? And every opening day does have like kind of sure. a good feeling to it, but nothing like this. No. I mean, the only thing that can make it better is if they wrap up the Reynolds saga today but i mean i'm just gonna put it out of my head today and go in with kutch and everything else and the good feeling of four and two and knowing that when i leave this stadium after this game they're still gonna have a winning record i can't say that that's happened an awful lot Craig. no and i don't know when i looked at it i'm like i was looking last i think we went to like three and three at this time last year and then after that i'm pretty sure we went under 500 for the rest of the season. So at least this year, I think we reached it again when we hit the Royal series. Oh, that's what it was. I do remember that. Yeah. Then they kind of came back down, but I mean, right now, I mean, we, we coming off of, you know, a great start by Mitch Keller, you know, Brian Reynolds just absolutely hitting the tar. I mean, it's off of the bat, off the ball, off of everything. I mean, the man is seeing the ball better than I think I've seen him in Except for like those months of June, like he's usually a June guy. So is Kutch. 
this team could be frightening. <laughs> <laughs> if they keep this going, man, I mean, this could be awesome. Uh, and like you said, everything that's going on today, we've got, you know, A.J. Burnett coming in, thrown to Russell Martin. I mean, you know that McHenry's going to be floating around there someplace. Neil Walker's going to be walking around. Hell, I mean, you might even see Steve Blass. I mean, he can't stay away from something like this is going on. Uh, and I was looking. I, I've been looking, like, this whole time. The standing room only tickets have gone to, like, $125 today. I, I was telling my wife. You know, we could probably make about $300 on our tickets right now if we wanted to for Pirates. I'm just saying this isn't normal. That's all I'm saying. It's definitely a different feeling. But, Gary, to have you on here and to have you, like, kind of talk about this stuff, you did make a, a little comment today on Twitter. We're not complaining about lineups. But is that, like, delay or Heinemann or – when he comes back, hopefully, Austin Hedges, them batting like that nine, that eight, nine, because both of us had kind of like written before that we maybe would have liked that, you know, second leadoff hitter right. in Bay. Um, is that something you'd see? Like, I mean, I know Shelton's going to have 156 different lineups, so that's something we'd maybe see at some point in time. Yes, but it seems like that's where they're more than happy to stick the catcher now. I'll be honest, I don't care as much about it right now as I will when Hedges comes back. Because Hedges has been an automatic out. That's what he's been. And I'm not even dissing the guy. I, I knew that coming in. I knew that's what he was. Defense, 100%. Bat, maybe. And if you get lucky, he'll hit some home runs. But he, it doesn't really matter where you bat him. It's a hole. Yeah. And here's the thing is, like, Jason DeLay last year, like, I mean, he did hit that, you know, bomb over the monster, the bomb, it, it shot off of the monster. That's not really been a part of his game since Altoona and I think, like, 2019 for about the first half of the season. But even last year, I mean, he was getting singles. Like, he was getting on a little bit more than yeah. your the other catchers that we're talking about. I mean, even Heineman, it's just basically been Hedges is absolutely terrible. Yeah, he's a bad hitter. And I think when they do that, I think they're doing O'Neill Cruz a disservice by leaving the lineup like that at the bottom. Because I think you want additional hitter and a chance. That said, what has Bay done for getting a drop back? You know, <laughs> nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you'd very much be admitting that that's, you want that turnover in your lineup. And maybe they just don't believe them. Yeah, no, I'm, it, it could be. And I know a lot of people complain, you know, Cruz, if he's at the leadoff spot, people complain. If Cruz is dropped down to the, you know, five or six, people complain. But for me, like Cruz, once he started getting hot last year in Indianapolis was when he started being in the leadoff. He, he for some reason, he likes that. Plus, he gets the most protection he possibly get. Eventually, you would want him hopefully to be your three or four hitter. But right now at, you know, being the leadoff, that's not that big of a deal, is it? It's not. I was, I was just talking, actually, I was on a Boston podcast just the other night. <laughs> nice. So, you know, I asked them point blank kind of, what were you guys thinking not pitching to O'Neill Cruz at all the way Brian Reynolds was ripping you apart? You did it for three straight games. They ignored Ted Williams <laughs> and pitched around O'Neill Cruz. And basically, like, you know, they, they were flab flabbergasted by it too. But that's kind of what this lineup is right now. 
Nobody wants to touch Cruz. Yeah. And Brian Reynolds is seeing at, at pitch after pitch after pitch because Hutch is following him up and he's going to take five or six. Yeah. You know, it's dangerous one, two, three right now. And that's the crazy part about McCutcheon here is, you know, he's, if he even starts hitting a little bit, I mean, he's, he had like a pretty hard, he's been hitting the ball pretty hard, but he's also that guy that if you're going to give him the walk, he's going to take it. I mean, I, I think, I, I think I said on Twitter the other day, the athleticism will slip, speed will start to fall off. You know, maybe the field tools kind of like go away. The arm lessens a little bit, right? But Andrew McCutcheon's eye is double what it was when he was an MVP. Yeah, and I'm like watching him, and he's watching it at bat with Andrew McCutcheon for me is actually fairly entertaining at this point in time. Yeah, because yeah. he's an older guy now, so if like the ball falls out of the catcher's mitt, he's like reaching it down. It's like, oh, I'll help you out there, Sonny. Yeah, it's yeah. like kind of like a, a cool little thing that he does, but I. Yeah, with him, I was worried. I, and I said it had nothing to do with McCutcheon. I was worried about him being in that three spot. And I don't know if that's going to continue. I think the only thing that really makes that change and maybe change quickly is if Cabrian Hayes gets hot. I think the only thing that really makes it change is probably Andy Rodriguez eventually coming up because – that's really the only impact bat that you, you can see coming up that they'd want to stick anywhere near the top of that order. And I think Derek Shelton's more than happy to have the veterans right in the heart. Just take it and it's giving, you know, like you said, it's giving Cruz protection. It's giving Reynolds protection. Yeah. And that's what I worry about with, with Cabrian Hayes is what type of protection is he getting right now, though? Is it his approach at the plate, or is it the types of pitches he's seeing? Because they know they can pitch around him to get to, you know, Jack Swinski, who did take a few walks and is hopefully turning things around, but for the most part, is striking out a decent amount. Yeah. Uh, and maybe if you have a Kanan Smith and Jigba behind him, that surprisingly may give more protection just because he has such a good approach at the plate. It will, and it's early too. Like, I think. For instance, you know, there's a lot of people already talking about sending Jack Zielinski down. I mean, in heck, they were talking about not having him come north to begin with. But he's going to get an opportunity. And he, he swings an authoritative enough bat that when he does make contact, he's going to go out. And I he, wouldn't even be sure in this series. I, I, he does, because then it would if – you, if you were, anybody was watching, you know, I'm a minor league guy – First at bat of the night in the doubleheader last night, Travis Swaggerty hits a ball. Yeah. It, you know, and then he basically goes, I think he went like four for nine in the doubleheader last night. And that's where like that small sample size, like that goofy thing goes is people are like, well, oh, Travis Swaggerty's batting like 175 with a 529 OPS. And now he's batting 295 with a almost 1000 OPS, you know? So there's like something there. Baseball is just not meant to be ingested in, you know, 10 at bat increments. It just isn't, you know, it's supposed to be ingested over time. No, no baseball team makes moves unless they're injury driven within the first couple weeks of the season. You tend to like wait and see what's going to happen. Let things play out a little bit. Get, get guys 25, 30 at bats before you start talking about stuff like that. Like Castro is another one. Everybody's kind of bailing on. 
that's a guy that got 25 homer potential if you like utilize him properly. Oh, absolutely. I just, we're too apt, we're too hungry for those super young kids, and we're like, let's just get rid of it. Let's just move on. Let's get to those kids. Let's get to those kids. Sometimes in that process, you end up wasting a lot of talent. Not a smart move for a team that spent three plus years amassing said talent. I mean, and especially since, I mean, a lot of times people, a lot of what a GM says is worth talent to a degree. Sure. But there are certain things that Ben Charrington has said during his tenure that if he says it and he actually, he follows through with it. And one of those things is that like, he's just like, I want to see at least a hundred at bats from a guy, a hundred to 200 at bats from a guy to see what type sure. of player that is. They want to give them that run. They don't want to throw it away that quickly. And if their belief is, is that triple a is not much different from double a and double a is not much different from the major leagues. Travis Swaggerty getting his at-bats down there, if he gets hot down there, if Tucapito Marcano, who is hitting the cover off the ball right now, which is surprising the crap out of me, is on on occasion, on occasion. And he's done it in the minor leagues. He just has never done it at the major leagues. But those guys are getting their at-bats. So, yeah, I don't see – like, especially everybody's just like, well, when's when's Marcano coming up? Actually, you know what they're saying is when is Nick Gonzalez coming up? and Gary and I have this conversation, and, I, and I'll take the brunt of this one, as I was just basically saying, you know, Pirates Twitter is going to implode when it's Mark Mathias, Chris Owings, Flyover uh, Pagaro, and Tucapito Marcano before they even sniff, you know, Nick Gonzalez. But that's something that is realistic because that talent level is getting so close to the major leagues at this point. I mean – I think you're right on a whole lot of those. Mark Mathias, especially. I don't think Mark Mathias was far from making this team to begin with. I was actually shocked that he, it was it was yeah. it was G1 Bay instead of him, right. and it was nothing against Bay. Yeah. And it was it was just basically saying maybe they would go into the season playing the hot hand, but they trusted in Bay's usual approach at the plate. But we've also seen some the minuscule struggles from him. Him swinging out of his shoes for, you know, an entire game against a tough lefty in Nick Lodolo. But then you see him adjust, you know, the way he always does. Yeah. I've been impressed by Bay. I mean, he's made some mistakes, rookie mistakes. Cutting in front of O'Neill Cruz in the field, not a good idea. Um, but I've liked how he's taken charge when he plays center field. He's, he's stepped right up and he's kind of been, this is my ball. He's called people off. We haven't seen a center fielder take charge like that in a while. Yeah. That's not what Brian Reynolds does. He's a good fielder. But a lot of his struggles in center field are because he doesn't take charge vocally. And so it's good to see Juwan Bay do that. Yeah, because, I mean, that's a guy that, you know, Bay had been mentioned as, you know, potential center fielder. He didn't have, you know, the reps. But he's also a guy that can get his bat in the lineup at second base and then in center field. And they've even shown that they're not afraid to, you know, start him off at second base and then end up making that move to center field, move Reynolds over to left, whoever it would be, Swinsky over to right, and, and kind of give him that that reign because he that's just the type of player that he is. The one that's, like, surprising me today is somebody, you know, already mentioned is a, a, a Kanan Smith and Jigba not getting the start today. I was – I was actually surprised with that one, especially with um, Giolito going. But also, there's there's a different things that you we didn't know that like 
you know, Ashcraft's, you know, pitches played better against like right. It, it was like, or what was it? Against, he has reverse splits. He has reverse splits and stuff like that. So I didn't enough with Giolito. And honestly, I'm kind of interested to just see Giolito because the last time Pirates fans probably saw him or remember seeing him is when he no hit us. Yeah. Uh, but he hasn't been that same pitcher uh, for a while now. No, he's, we're actually, we're getting lucky. We're missing uh, their two, I would say, top one and two pitchers right now. Right? Yeah. If you're not seeing Cease, then you're. Yeah, you're not, we're not seeing Cease. We're not seeing uh, Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy to not see either of them. Giolito, okay. Hope it's been pretty bad. So, we'll see what happens there. Um, we got a good shot in this series, though. Yeah, and for, I know some Pirates fans are a little bit upset about the way that the starting rotation has fallen for this opening series. It's not something that I worry about. Don't worry, everybody. You're going to get to see your favorite players at some point in time. You'll get to see Rolandi Contreras, which I want to talk to, to Gary about this because, I mean, we may have texted about it since we text, like, pretty much almost every day. But I honestly didn't expect that. I was pleasantly surprised by Contreras' start um, just because I wasn't sure how much he was going to be built up coming out of the WBC. I just did, had no idea what to expect from him. I only saw him pitch once this spring. So I just didn't <laughs> have a clue what he was going to do. I, I, I Pretty honest about that shit when I put it out on Twitter. Yeah, I've never seen, I haven't seen him pitch this year, so I don't know what to expect. I have no idea how stretched out he is. I watched him in the WBC more than I did spring training. Yeah, so I was very encouraged by that. Yeah, comforting to see somebody that's supposed to be your number two actually be your number two. Because my expectations took a big hit when JT's injury cropped up. So oh, that's just something I was uh, with our with our good friend uh, Ethan MVP Ethan over there at Locked On Pirates. You know, both of us have kind of talked about the impact of the JT Brewmaker injury, and it wasn't like that we we've been fairly honest, which as we always are about players. But JT is the type of player that is going to give you innings. Yeah. You pretty much know what to expect from him. His whip usually hangs around. The one point, you know, three five to one point four five, which is a back end of you know the rotation. Which I know you don't like giving numbers to people, and that's fine. I don't either. I'm like, no, I do back end and front end. Yeah. So, so he could be a, a four five, you know, on most days ceiling, consistently. His ceiling is a middle of the rotation arm if he can manage the home runs. Yeah, and that's pretty much what and. And we, the thing that frustrates me so much is we saw the strikeouts working for JT like they had worked for him in the minors prior to uh, his injury in 2019. That's the thing that – because he was – I mean, people can go back and listen to this. I, I, I'm not going to take back what I saw. In 2019, I had JT Brubaker ahead of Mitch Keller. And even at some point in times up until – you know, 2020 and 2021, I had JT ahead of Mitch. Now Mitch has morphed into a different pitcher, and unfortunately JT has maybe suffered a very similar injury to what he did last time. Last time it didn't require surgery. 
this time we're not so sure just yet. We're not so sure just yet, but I mean, I think you can honestly say the consternation is wise because if he does have Tommy John, the likelihood of him returning as a starter is very slim. Yeah. And even, even right now, I, I'd have to say fairly safe in saying we think it's going to be most of the season, if not all of it, Yeah, whether he has surgery or not. Even at that, you're looking at him probably returning as a bullpen. And that's a great transition to the bullpen here because we were, like I was at the beginning of the season, and I've told this a bunch of times, I thought, you know, Johan Oviedo would start out as the long reliever. You know, right now guys are starting to find, you know, their place in – this bullpen, but I always still, I always still worry about those innings and where those innings are going to come from. So I know that Gary, there's other guys that, you know, you're looking for from the minor leagues that you think can come up and, you know, that's why some of these guys have options. This is the way that Ben Sherrington has always run his bullpen and to some degree his pitching staff at times. Maybe not as much this year with the pitching staff, but not, I mean, the rotation, but with the bullpen. So who are some of those guys like that you're looking for? You've been tweeting about them, but whoever hasn't heard that, you know, or seen that. I mean, the first task is really going to be when Robert Stevenson is off the IL, who goes down? Because that's going to be a really tough decision as it is. It's going to have to be somebody with options. Let me see. Are they going to send down David Bednar? I don't think so. <laughs> Do you think they might send down Holderman? I'm not seeing that. I don't think it'll be Underwood. First of all, he's better than y'all think. <laughs> this is this is a Dwayne Underwood truther, and I've listened to him, and, and I kind of – I see if you put him in the right spots and you pick his spots, he's not a bad reliever. Not to mention he's going to give you innings and he's going to have an ERA around for that's what he does. If you need him to give you two innings, he'll give you two innings. Is he going to give up a run every now and then? Yep. Yes, he is. Will Crow's out of the same cut. He's got one option. DeJong can't go down. He has no options. Yeah. You're not going to just throw him down. Hernandez can't go. Yeah, because then, then you got to offer him So back. who are you looking at sending when Robert Stevenson? You're looking at Will Crow or Dari Moretta. And Money Moretta has... Uh... <laughs> Tell me that's not a tough decision, though. Because, like, I put it out on Twitter, and everybody keeps hitting me with, oh, it's got to be DeJong. It's got to be DeJong. That's because you just saw DeJong get hit. He's the only one that's gotten hit. Yeah. Like, let's give it, like, when that actually comes up, I really want you to honestly think about it. And think about what the Pirates are doing. They cut somebody like him. They're giving away 60 innings. When we're telling you they don't have enough to cover the innings, it's it's definitely gonna be a tough decision to make, and I just watched uh, Johan Ramirez look pretty good last night. And Johan Ramirez, towards the end of last season, everybody of course went to, oh, he didn't look that great in spring training. I don't care, and I don't think the Pirates do either, because they didn't take into account. I mean, there were spring training battles. I don't want you to think that they were completely ignored. We thought the spring training battle was a, a little bit bigger than it was in certain spots, but. There was obviously a spring training battle between Kane Smith and Jigba and Travis Swaggerty. There was one between Rodolfo Castro, G1 Bay, and Tucapita Marcona. Yep. So and Matthias got tossed into that. And got tossed into that a little bit towards the end. So, but they also looked when they were trying to make those decisions, they looked at 
previous performances from the last year. So if there would be a decision that would need to be made at some point in time, I mean, Johan Ramirez looked good at the end of last year, and they must like what they see or he wouldn't be here right now. I think Johan Ramirez is a perfectly good guy to have stored in AAA. I think he's a great answer when they need something. I, I like Carmen Majinski. The move to the bullpen for him was, I think, brilliant. I think it makes him much more likely to make it this year than I did when he was going to be a starter. Cody Bolton, same thing. Yeah, Cody Bolton looked good last night. Love both of those options. Um, I mean, like, I I think Colby or Selby. Selby. Yeah. Just combine, combine his name. We'll just call him Colby. Colby Colin Selby. Selby. Colin Selby. <laughs> I knew who you were talking I'm, about. I'm this far away from pronouncing his name. I was going to say, have, have you got anything to eat yet today? No. Okay, no. that's that's why. That's why I'm uh, unfiltered Gary Morgan here, which is the, the type of Gary that I like. That's the reason that we've been friends for as long as we have through <laughs> pandemics and through whatever. We we always keep each other laughing. We always send each other a text when we're having a yeah. bad day. But, I mean, this is definitely – this is not a bad day. This, no, is, man, good. this is a great day to be in Pittsburgh. This is a great day to – to get ready for some, some Pirates baseball. But I did I, I did want to ask just, just one more thing. And you had just wrote about Moretta for Inside the Bucks Basement. Yeah. And all the stuff that you saw. And I know some people are readers and some people are listeners. So I want to put it out there on on uh, on audio as well. Dowry Moretta was a good pitcher within the Reds farm system. Very good. Came up struggled a little bit, got sent back down, came back up and actually pitched pretty decently. Yep. And then they're like, okay, from, from a team that has no bullpen to speak of. No, I mean, and I highlighted what his issues were. You know, he has control issues. And I think we've seen that even in this short sample size where things have gone well. Yeah. He, you know, he struck out five. But he's also walked two, you know, and we're talking 2.1 innings here, guys. <laughs> All right, that's excellent for strikeouts. Strikeouts, you're like, mm, yeah, but but walks, mm, you don't want, you know, two and 2.1 innings is not great. You can get around that. His problem with the Reds was 10 home runs in 26 innings. Yeah. You aren't going to last on it. Nobody's going to want you. When you give up ten home runs in twenty six innings, yeah. Because and let's be let's be honest. I mean, he's he's looked great. He's been great. But Pittsburgh fans love the intensity. They love the attitude. Yep. If anybody's watching, he comes out. He gives them you know the the money signs. I mean, it is just it's and that's the one thing that um, I, I'm I want to talk to if anybody's gonna listen to the next one. I'm I'm gonna have uh, John Wayner, the Rock, on on the regular uh, Bucks in the Basement podcast is the the feeling with inside that clubhouse. Like, oh, here's the thing is, like, how much better, Gary, is it to go to an opening day like this for the fans when things are going well? They're all coming together, man. Like, what, right before we recorded, didn't I show you, like, the shirts that all the pitchers are wearing? Yeah. Will Crow is, you know, we all, we'll get rid of Will Crow. No, he, he sucks, right? Will Crow decides like uh, this morning that all the pitchers should wear STFU shirts. 
I don't, and you know, so they get shipped over from the t-shirt shop down, down there and they're just like, we're wearing it. We, we are getting this together. Yeah, 20 of them are over two hours later. Whole cities come around together around it. And yeah. the team, tight unit right now, I'm telling you. And that's the and that's the one thing for me, like with with Crow, like when, when people were talking about, you know, when a when a Chris Stratton, who was a big person within the clubhouse, you know, was gone, we pretty much lost like every single one of our you know representatives from the MLBPA. But the guys that are vocal within there, I think Will Crow is probably one of the most vocal dudes you got in there. He is, he is, man. But hey, happy opening day! Absolutely, brother. And you got it to be great. I got to take off, get my wife down there, so we can get early yeah parking get all set up all right that sounds good man we're going to end this broadcast here everybody uh let's go bucks blackout pnc i like i said follow me follow gary go listen to his stuff listen to my stuff whatever you gotta do once again man let's go box love seeing you brother brother wrap it They change, they say one thing but the-